So today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics of all time, <laughs> self-care. <laughs> yes. You've only heard me talk about it like every time we've ever spoken, probably. Great topic. Um, lots to cover here. And part of why we're closing this season with the topic of self-care is, you know, it seems like a natural place to leave things. I was just kind of looking back at some of the things that we covered and I really loved our conversation about origin stories just because I love yours so much and how you came to not only this moment, but also how you came to launch IANA, which is such an incredible effort and initiative. And this would be where you plug the website, <laughs> but you know, it's such an incredible endeavor. And I think you should be proud if you're not. Thank you for the plug. Ayana is a tool that is utilized for people to have access to counseling, especially for minorities. And it enables you to find as close a match as possible that reflects your values and traits and experiences. And it's been a journey this far. So let's look forward a little bit here and dive into self-care, something that we all have to have in our arsenal, no matter what the circumstances are in our lives, whether we're dealing with mental health challenges, health challenges, or if everything is perfect in our lives, I think self-care has to be a part of that. And I like to say it's more than a hashtag because it's something that is a part of our lives because it, it has to be in order for us to be healthy people. I've always wondered, why is it now talked about more than ever? Over the last five, seven years, it's been quite topical and addressed and looked into and practiced. I wonder why it wasn't the case back in the 2000s, for instance. Yeah, I think it seems like a natural progression of as people start to focus more on creating healthy lives, just in the way that, you know, mental health has started to come more into the mainstream conversation. I think self-care is a natural bridge between general personal development and all different types of healthcare and taking care of ourselves as we learn more about the things that come out of research from major healthcare organizations and universities and institutes every year. There's new findings about what nutrition is actually important for health development and function. Uh, all the incredible research that's coming out now uh, around gerontology. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but you know, the study of medicine specific to older people, you know, in the 65 plus crowd, and we start to learn so much more as people are living longer. But I think it's a natural outgrowth of that. That's my best guess. When I think about this, I wish that our parents and their own parents also had as much of a chance to do that. And I wonder if they did, whether it's a bit of a luxury for us to be able to access that. Oh, for sure. Um, it's a luxury. I mean, we think about like, I mean, our parents are in the same generation. The things that they were thinking about that were not the things that we are thinking about, you know, at the same age. True. Well, bless our parents. For sure. So I would love to know, how do you deal with self-care? How do you practice it? What do you do? What have you learned from it? Personally, this was not something I knew much about or did much about for a really long time. I would say well into my 30s, I wasn't thinking about self-care, although some of it I was doing kind of by default, like I didn't realize, but I certainly would not have called it self-care. It's only in recent years that I've made an intentional effort to create routines, rituals, 
ceremonies for myself to honor myself in a way that is healthy. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not looking at pictures of me saying, yay, me or anything like that. But this is, it can be as simple as doing breathing exercises every day. For me personally, I think I owe a huge credit to my Buddhist practice because in and of itself, it created an opportunity to have some intentional space every day, twice a day to chant. And chanting, for those who don't know, is is a lot like an active meditation. And during that time, whatever amount of time you choose to do it, you can do it for two minutes, two hours, or longer, whatever you feel. Basically, we like to say you chant until the sun comes out in your heart. But during that time, it's a deliberate opportunity to focus inward. And that practice every day of my life has really brought a lot up in me, good and bad, but the bad had to come out. You can't just leave stuff that's gunked up in your life sitting there because it will fester and turn into something far worse. So taking time every day to focus inward allowed the opportunity for me to start to see where I needed to focus, not just in the areas of relationship or work or just general healthcare, but what could self-care mean for me. So what I tried to do was sort of bucket out some of the different things that I've tried that have worked for me. And I put it on like a little grid of like beginner, easy entry level self-care to sort of medium level, like moving forward, getting a little more into it. And then the further out you go, the more extensive types of self-care. So if we're looking in that starter bucket, some of the things that I've done that I think are really just easy and things that you can start doing today, breathing exercises. And this is stuff that I've learned both from books that I've read, you can find it online, also my therapist, but breathing exercises where you spend at least four breaths inhaling, hold at the top, and then four breaths exhaling. It sounds so simple, but it is a powerful way to just help you center. And if you just do that for two minutes a day every day, it's helpful. (laughs) <laughs> to say the least. And that's one that is really easy. And like I said, you know, it takes two minutes. So why not give it a try? Another easy one for sort of entry level self care is affirmations, just affirming what it is that you are trying to create in your life, whether it's for yourself, for your career, for your family, for your health truths about yourself. That's, I think, a useful practice because it kind of puts you on this path towards generating positive energy and manifesting it, not just for yourself, but for your future. Kind of aligned with that one is just a daily practice of gratitude. Like at the beginning or end of every day, write down five things that you're grateful for. I'm part of a group of women that do this. And I think it actually started I don't even know how many years ago, but it was something that one of the women in the groups found on Oprah, you know, and said, hey, let's start doing this. And they called it the five. And every day we all email each other five things that we're grateful for. And it may be, you know, the scrambled eggs we had because they were so damn good with hot sauce to, you know, a promotion. And not everybody does it every day, but you best believe that between that group of women, if you don't hear from somebody over a period of time, we're like, hey, where are we at five? You know, what's going on? Are y'all okay? Are you out there? And, you know, it gives us a way to like check in on each other, but check in with ourselves too. So that's another relatively easy one. Another one I think that is so underrated is sleep. Just regular, consistent sleep every night. 
minimum five hours. Some people can get away with less, but I think it's really, really important. We undervalue the importance of what consistent sleep does for our brain. There's a tremendous amount of research coming out about what sleep does for brain health and brain development and plasticity, particularly as we get older. So that's a good one. Um, being still, which I am not particularly good at. (laughs) I call it an entry level, but the reality is I think that one's really hard just to be still for a little while every day and just get quiet. Music is to me a big part of my self-care routine. I think music is a medicine. It really can be a part of healing. And so I think listening to music that makes you happy, whatever that is, can be a really powerful way to practice self-care. And good nutrition, that's a little more obvious, I guess, but maybe it's one of those that's like, you know, the nose on your face. It's so, it's right there in front of you, but you forget about it. And journaling. Sometimes people find that a little bit intimidating uh, because it's like, oh, it's just one more thing to do at the beginning or end of the day and I don't have the time. But it really doesn't have to be that deep. It can be bullets or even just writing down a word or even just like the thing I said about writing down five things that you're grateful for. I mean, that could be the extent of your journal because trust over time when you see those five things that you're grateful for. If it started with your scrambled eggs and you know a hot shower and not getting in an argument with your friends that day, then over time, seeing the progression of the things that you're grateful for day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, you're going to see really the cliff notes to your life in a lot of ways. So those are some of what I like to call the entry-level self-care tools or self-care strategies that I have practiced. And I definitely don't do those all every day, but there are some that I do for sure every day. And that has really served me in terms of just building a much more healthy fulfilling lifestyle. How do you decide whether or not to incorporate a new type of self-care tool? It's all about trial and error. Like so much in life, we have to just try things. And even if we think, oh, that sounds stupid, you know, what's five hours of sleep a night going to do for me? Um, Why not try it? Like you lose nothing by trying it. So I think you just have to see what works for you. And I would say like, try something for seven days in a row before you give up on it. Don't just try it once and be like, nah, that sucked. You know, you just got to practice something for seven days and then see, do I want to continue that? Meh, yes. Meh, no. Like you just got to figure out what works for you. And look, there's a gang of possibilities out there. These are just ones that I'm sharing with a list that came from my own personal trial and error. You know, I don't do all of these things, like I said, but there are lots of these things that I've tried and you just have to see what works for you. And you might be surprised what comes out of it. How would you recommend a newbie, someone that hasn't really been doing any kind of self-care, how would you recommend they start? I would start with choosing just a couple of these or, you know, just start with one. And I think it's like building a muscle. Like when you go to the gym at first, it seems like super annoying, but then the more you do it, the easier it gets. And then as you see the muscles develop in your arms or your legs, you're like, oh, that feels good. And I'm walking better or running better or feeling better. And I like the way it looks. And so it just starts to feed on itself. And then you fold in the things that work for you and that are serving you, you know, like anything. 
stop doing things that are not serving you. But as you keep going down the spectrum from starter kit self-care to moving down the line, therapy is for sure something that, you know, I recommend for everyone. You know, I just think it's so powerful in terms of the ways that it can help us get out of our own way. You know, I've always said, much to my father's chagrin, that the world would be a better place if everybody had just a little bit of therapy (laughs) because, you know, we could learn things about ourselves and about how to interact better with one another. Yoga is another one. Some people find yoga intimidating and I get that, um, but I've been practicing yoga for over 20 years and that's another thing that's made a huge difference in my life. And people tend to think of it as exercise and sure it can be, it is, but it's so grounding. Grounding is another one, by the way, which I don't know a whole lot about, but I hear it's going through kind of this resurgence movement of like people spending time with their feet on the ground and in the dirt and the the positive benefits that it has on our bodies physiologically. I'm sure you would agree if I said that there ought to be ways to introduce self-care in school as early as possible. Let's think about that because it does seem like the kind of thing that children would benefit from. You know, the closest thing I can think of though, nursery school, they did have naps. And even though as a child, I was very anti-nap as an adult now, that's a self-care practice, but probably forced. And so I don't know how you get around that. But I think even if it's just that quiet time, and I think in some schools, like in the like Montessori schools, I think they do reinforce some of that. And they probably don't call it self-care because if you're five years old, you're like, what the hell is that? But I think they do encourage those opportunities for children to start getting in touch with themselves. It's about like the kids learning how to self-regulate, which essentially is what self-care is. It's a means to accessing self-regulation. I want to hear about your self-care, Eric. What are you doing for you? For me, what I've learned by being around you is that I need to practice more of it. And I do not do enough of it. What I did not realize, however, is that what I had done might have been seen as a form of self-care. So amongst the many items that you've cited, what I do quite often is listen to some music and it puts me in a certain mood, especially when I'm quite overwhelmed with work. And... I had never really described that as self-care, but it is. For sure. What I've also done is write in my journal what am I grateful for every day, three to five things. And as you know, I'm sure I've also done some therapy. You know, I guess the more I dig into this, I've done just a few things here and there because I've also done some yoga as well. Mm-hmm. Things that I have, I must get back to as well. So what I have read about, which I would love to use as a practice of self-care, is to write and send a sweet card to someone, a birthday card or just a thinking of you card randomly. Another one is to schedule at least one hour with a close friend out for coffee or drink, on the phone or out for dinner, or even go for a walk, but have it be very intentional. That's not a hard thing to do and one that I don't do enough of. You know, the more I talk about this, this very last point, it's like, well, we are mammals, Eric. This is just natural stuff. This is what humans do. It shouldn't just be seen as a form of self-care. A very interesting one that I've read, it speaks to going on social media and doing what's called a kindness spree, where you literally just drop very nice comments on your friends' pages. 
that's more for the 2020s. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, for me, from what I've done, it really comes down to, I've done some yoga, I listen to music, I've write in my journal, and I promise that I should do more of that. See, and you were worried that you weren't going to have anything to talk about. And here you are practicing self-care, maybe not every day, but you're doing it. Like you, you made it sound like you were doing none. True. I too was quite nervous about this topic, as you know. <laughs> Well, I think it's a good reminder that another one, I won't call it easy because I think it is hard for some people, is giving ourselves credit for things that we are doing well or right or that are positive. Like give yourself credit. I think that's practicing good self-care. And it's one that people who are particularly ambitious often leave by the wayside because they're always like pushing onto the next thing, onto the next thing. And I think it's really important to honor and give credit to yourself for the things that you are doing. I mean, believe it or not, there was a point in my life where I was doing such the opposite of self-care that it was commendable if I ate a meal that day. And that seems ridiculous. But as I moved through that period of my life, it was like, yeah, good job, Clotilde. You made it to the grocery store. You made a meal for yourself. You ate today. Good job. And giving yourself credit is part of building that muscle of, I got this. I can do this. I know how to take care of myself. I know what's good for me. And as you build that and as that muscle grows, you get stronger then you start to thrive. You move beyond that survival phase into thriving. And then from there, the sky's the limit. So I thought a fun way for us to kind of, I don't know if it's not necessarily wrapping up because we're coming to, I guess, a pause point in our season. We've recorded a series of episodes and I hope that pending the response from our audience out there, hopefully we'll come back to do more. But I thought a fun way to kind of wrap that up would be for us to issue a challenge, a self-care challenge to each other and to our team and our audience. And because I said seven days as a way to start, I am challenging you to pick a self-care starter of your choosing and do it for at least seven days. And I will do the same. And hopefully we can get everybody on the team to choose one too. And everybody in our audience, choose one, find one, create one. And we all do it for at least seven days. And we come back and share what we learned from that. What do you think? I love it. Yeah, love what are you going to do? Do you know? I don't know. For me, I guess it would be doing some meditation. I've tried it enough to experience the goods from it. I don't know that I've had a chance to do it enough, right? So I'm quite intrigued as to what it could bring into my life if I did it a bit more often. Oh, that's a good one. I really like that. Um, and you? If I'm going to try the hardest one, the hardest one for me would be being still. <laughs> I don't know if I'm there yet. So maybe I should start with something easier. Um, maybe journaling. Maybe I'll start with journaling. I like that. At least it gives you a chance to look back. That would be quite interesting. So anything you want to share with our audience before we wrap up today? Self-care doesn't require having access to necessarily economic means, there are types of self-care tools that you could look into that are rather simple. And I recommend 
everyone try. You've given some great tools. I guess what I'm trying to say is that there really shouldn't be an excuse for most people to not try it because at the end of the day, what it would mean is that your own community would also be positively affected by who you are as a human being. And essentially, I just would recommend anyone to try it, to start slow, but just give yourself a chance to do it. I think you said it there. I mean, there's there's nothing to be lost by practicing some form of self-care. There's only positive outcomes by trying. With that, I guess we'll just say until we meet again. Indeed. Looking forward to that too. (laughs) 